Welcome to Those Hard Conversations. A platform dedicated to discussing solutions to the issues facing our most vulnerable and marginalized communities. We use a harm reduction approach to explore practical strategies for positive change in communities facing undeniable challenges. Hello everyone, and welcome to THC, Those Hard Conversations. I'm Clayton Rooley, uh, I'm your co-host, uh, and this is my friend and co-host. I'm Elvis Rosado. And we call this THC or Those Hard Conversations because as my host and friend Elvis and I always say. Cause it makes too much sense. Cause it makes too much sense. Um, we just want to talk a little bit about the show and ho- what we hope to accomplish with the podcast. Um, we're two individuals who uh, oftentimes talk about what's happening uh, in life, uh, in the neighborhood, uh, in the city of Philadelphia, which we're based, uh, and how a lot of times the, the major issues that we see um, happening are in part because folks don't want to have those hard conversations. Uh, it's very easy for folks to, you know, go with things left unsaid and therefore things left undone because they just didn't want to be confrontational or try to figure out a way to say something in a way that uh, it needs to be said, um, even if it's uh, a little bit more polished and, uh, I think, friendly. Um, there's a lot of folks uh, in this world that seem like uh, they'd rather just ignore uh, the actual, you know, hard conversations that need to happen and just go with the flow until something dramatic happens. And then that's when all those hard conversations actually come to the surface instead of actually just putting it out on a table on a regular level um, and being really stand up about what's happening, what's not happening, what's being done, what's not being done, um, why this is making sense, why it doesn't make sense. And so we're hoping to bring to the show um, some regular talk about the conversations that aren't happening, that need to happen, um, and that's going to be on a host of, of levels. Um, Elvis, anything you want to say towards that? Yes. Um, I also want to add that we have the THC or the, the hard conversations also because there's people who are looking for easy answers, cookie cutter responses. And realistically, we are some of the conversations that we are going to be having deal with people on a regular basis. And when it comes to people and people's needs and what is happening, not only in our communities, but in our state, in our country, in life, as Clayton had mentioned, you know, it affects people. And it doesn't only affect the individuals that are looking for results. It also affects the individuals that are not mentioned or not considered when those decisions are being made. So. 
yes, it, it's going to be it's going to be something that is going to stir up emotions in some cases and ruffle some feathers. But that's why they're called hard conversations. Yeah, I would think that there's unintended consequences for all actions, right? And, uh, you know, I think oftentimes folks just want to think, well, what's the initial, you know, goal and what's the result that we're getting from, you know, said planned actions. Um, but we also have to consider uh, what are the backhanded uh, consequences of said actions? Uh, what is the um, the what's the consequence for apathy when it comes to uh, a certain segment of, you know, the community? Um, what is the consequence for uh, giving some, you know, too much uh, and giving folks not enough? Um, I think we're going to try to, you know, filter through these type of conversations between ourselves uh, and between uh, a host of guests that we have coming on to the show in the near future. Um, we're using this uh, today as hopefully um, a springboard to something that's going to be uh, a very long and arduous journey, but a, one that's going to be uh, uplifting, enlightening, and uh, educational and fun uh, in, in many ways. Um, we don't want to be just straight talk people. We rarely are with each other and we've known each other for uh, almost a decade now. Um, you know, there's a lot of laughing, a lot of joking, but there's a lot of serious talk because both of us are passionate about the communities that we live and work in. Um, just as a intro to myself, uh, I'm currently, you know, working at a social service agency in Kensington uh, where we're dealing with some of the most marginalized uh, and stigmatized populations, uh, you know, on a regular basis. Um, and that's uh, Prevention Point Philadelphia. Um, uh, and, you know, I've been there for over a decade. Um, I am very passionate about the work that I do, the people that I work with and the people that I work for. Um, and yet, you know, you see consistently that there are, you know, gaps to access to services and care. Um, there's pushback in communities around the work that we do as an organization, um, the work of overall service provision uh, in the neighborhoods. Um, and, you know, it goes from, you know, that nuclear neighborhood to, you know, local officials. Uh, and then you see a trail that's, you know, on the state and national level. And so, you know, uh, you know, those hard conversations you know, oftentimes don't seem to happen. And we always joke that it's because it would make too much sense for it to happen. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm sure, you know, Elvis will give a little bit of his, uh, you know, background, but uh, many of it comes back to the same conclusions, which was why we decided to come on air and share with you guys what we're about. Yes. So, yes, again, um, uh... I come. I have a long background also with Prevention Point. Um, I was involved back in '92 when it was established, when it was legally established, and um, I did a lot of work with HIV and AIDS in, in in that Kensington community because at the time, that was one of the biggest issues that was happening, which was homeless individuals who were consuming 
substances were also being infected with HIV at a high rate, not to mention other diseases and infections. But as time has gone on, the, the focus has changed also to overdose and, and homelessness and everything else. And those are some of the conversations we will have. But I've also had an opportunity not only to work within treatment facilities, but I've had an opportunity to spend seven years teaching in the Philadelphia School District, which we can also at some point have some conversations about the impacts in the classrooms and some of the overwhelming, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the impact that some of these things have on children and, and our system and our communities and our neighborhoods, you know, and I mean, here's a, here's a question that I've asked for the last, I don't know, three years, and I still have not been able to get an answer. And it's like when a police department does a raid in a local community and confiscates a million dollars of drug money, they no longer give it to the police department. It gets put somewhere. Why is that money not reinvested in the community that it came out of? Obviously, if you confiscated a million dollars in a certain community, most likely the individuals that are consuming and using and, and struggling in those neighborhoods are the ones that that money came from. Why not invest it back? So these are some of the topics, you know, some of the conversations that I hope that we will be able to have. And maybe we'll be able to bring somebody on eventually who can answer that particular question or bring some light to it in some, some sense. But um, yeah, it's, it's uh, we look, we're looking to be able to at least have conversations that maybe bring light or hopefully brings light to some of the questions that, pe that people may have as well, similar to ours, or maybe questions we've not even thought about yet. So yeah, we're hoping that we can um, definitely create something here where we will be able to answer those questions for people. I think that was an awesome initial question, Elvis, because it makes too much sense that the neighborhood that's been victimized um, by folks, you know, uh, consistently um, as far as pushing, you know, substances that can harm um, would get the money that would actually be used potentially to, you know, maybe put up a new building or help, uh, you know, improve a rec center or, you know, give uh, some, you know, comfort, uh, you know, in like supplies or uh, in food or um, any other thing to, you know, neighbors who are struggling uh, in poverty in a lot of cases. Um, that's a very poignant question. Uh, and, you know, it's certainly one that I think has a lot of tentacles um, I don't know where the money goes to, honestly, um, but uh, we know that for a lot of the action that's happening to see the neglect that certain communities face um, is unnecessary uh, and needs to certainly improve, especially as we move to um, what we hope is a more uh, hopeful era in uh, American, American politics. And uh, hopefully there is a, a trickle down effect on the state level and on the local level as we <clears throat> go away from um, people who, you know, deny uh, that racism 
exist and sexism exist and uh, deny that, uh, you know, people need help um, to people that are a lot more, uh, at least, you know, on the face forward thinking um, when it comes to uh, the fact that, you know, Black Lives Matter and, you know, Black and brown people are discriminated and we need to change how we police people uh, and we need to provide resources to people. These are all things the last four years specifically, um, you know, we've been uh, hearing, you know, wasn't, you know, uh, the way it should be. It was fake news. It was overhyped. Um, it will be nice to see uh, that we potentially have more partnerships starting from uh, a larger scale and getting down to our level when it comes to um, trying to thwart some of the burdens of this country, um, you know, the state uh, as well as the city uh, and try to make uh, things better for everyone, not just for some people. Um, so I'm looking forward to discussing the progress that we see in this new administration, um, as well as uh, trying to remind folks who were so active, uh, you know, in the last couple of months that we have to continue to fight, continue to be well-informed, uh, continue to, you know, connect ourselves and others to, uh, you know, truth and, you know, uh, resources that help, you know, everyone uh, and stay vigilant because, uh, you know, definitely sleeping uh, can lead to going backwards, um, as I think we did in the last four years, especially. Yep. Yeah. And it's, um, I mean, it's something that, uh, you know, even with that, with the conversation of, of where the money goes, the last conversations I had, which were in the, within the last two years, two and a half years, Police used to get money that was confiscated. They no longer do that. They no longer use the property or the money to go back to the police department. What they would told me, you know, everybody that I asked, including um, the commissioner, the police commissioner and, and some of the chiefs and everything was that it's a conversation I would have to have with the DA because they control where that money goes. And as of now, my understanding was it just gets put in a bank account. And I'm like wondering, you know, I keep asking and they told me, well, you're going to have to speak to the district attorney's office and you're going to have to go through them to find out what's hap what's the purpose, you know, what eventually is going to be the purpose for that money if it hasn't already been allocated somewhere, you know? So, yeah, so there's a lot of, a lot of things that, as we always say, make too much sense. To just say, hey, so if this came from here, why don't we use it here and reinvest in communities? Because we 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 live in we live and work in communities that, as you said, are not just affected by poverty and, and substance use disorder, but poor education, a poor education system, poor supplies for schools, inadequate uh, just inadequate education or access to education. Um, there is a book that was written in the 80s called Savage Inequalities, which talked about the impact that, well, the things that were happening within the school districts in this country. And there was one of the things in the book, there's so much, but one of the things in the book was that some teachers needed to do a lesson in color 
but they didn't have enough books and the school only had one manual or that grade only had one manual and the teachers used to share it and they would have to make copies from the book to be able to hand out the lessons. But the copy machine was black and white and the lessons called for color, which made it almost impossible for them to be able to teach the lesson properly. Now, this was in the 80s, uh, about six, seven years ago, eight years ago when I was working in the school district. We had a school that had the same exact problem. And we're talking about, you know, late 2000s, around 2007, 2008, 2009, where you have a school district that is still stuck in the same exact situation that it was in the 80s. And that's a scary thought that, with, you know, with all of the money, I mean, for instance, we had one of the schools that asked, could we do a fundraiser to raise the money for next year's group? For next year's students for their books and it, the, the cost was all they needed was $18,000 but apparently there wasn't $18,000 in the budget to give to the school to be able to buy books for these kids to be able to have a whole year of lessons and it's like you know that that says a lot about not only how they feel about the communities that we're talking about but also the fact that you go up what, five miles, 10 miles to the, to the city line areas and you got schools that have, everybody gets a laptop and everybody has access to internet and every, and it's like, and it's only, we're all in the same area more or less, but because of who you are and where you live and, and, and frankly, sometimes what color you are. A lot of times what color you are. Yeah. There's a huge disparity about, you know, giving people adequate access to education. We could spend a trillion dollars on a military. We can't spend a million dollars on children who are frankly going to be the leaders of tomorrow or the communities of tomorrow. So this is where some of these, you know, this isn't, this is one of those tough conversations. Yeah. Those hard conversations, those hard conversations. Yeah. We are yeah. living in, the most impoverished major city in the country, uh, you know, in Philadelphia. And a lot of the work that, you know, happens and, uh, you know, in our work, uh, me and Elvis specific are in, is in the most uh, impoverished zip code, one nine one three four zip code in the city. But it's not just a Kensington issue. Um, you know, why do we have neighborhoods where, you know, you have trash cans, you know, on every corner, sometimes on every half a block in, in neighborhoods uh, that we work in and live in. You know, you get a trash can maybe once every three or four blocks and yet we're consumed with, you know, uh, you know, trash. Um, you know, why do we, you know, prioritize folks with, you know, money who should have some of the means to get you know, what we're asking for, uh, for, you know, middle and, and lower financial class a lot easier. Why do we, you know, prioritize those who already have instead of those who don't have? Um, why can't we, you know, continue to build up those who don't have and get them to a level playing field? Um, you know, I am someone who considers himself, a, you know, no, a democratic socialist, which means, you know, 
I feel like, you know, there are fundamental things that everyone should have. Um, I'm not saying that folks can't be successful and be successful in business and make a lot of money, but at baseline, food, clothing, shelter, um, decent treatment, access to education, access to uh, gainful employment. These are all things that I think, bathrooms. you know, bathrooms. Um, these are all things that I think all of us would want to be, you know, uh, in position to have no matter how much money we made, um, what drugs we were using, uh, what house we were in or out. Um, these are basics in a country of abundance, in a city that has many partners um, that flow money through, including, you know, major international organizations uh, and, you know, a local university uh, mix um, for many you know, different types of students, why we can't partner to make sure that some of these common concerns for people in this area are taken care of, even if it means putting, you know, the school's name on it, um, like a rec center or, or a housing uh, development or, you know, a shelter. Um, what looks better than like seeing everyone do well? Um, is what we have right now, what we're experiencing right now with, as Elvis mentioned, the have and the have nots. I mean, the, the, the five block difference between being in a ritzy part of the neighborhood uh, and then you go five blocks north, south, east or west, depending on what direction you're coming from. And it looks like, you know, totally, you know, different. Uh, why is that better than everyone having a relative, you know, stamp of, security uh, in the neighborhood um, or in neighborhoods. Um, those are hard conversations that we're going to ask uh, and have with the help of our, our friends and colleagues and maybe folks we don't know now, but we'll certainly invite. Um, it's an opportunity for myself, and I'd like to say Elvis as well, to finally like get some stuff off of our proverbial chest that, you know, we've been talking about, uh, you know, you know, during shop talk um, and, and over, you know, some wings and some fries or, or you know, a pint. Um, and, and basically what we want to do is take this to, you know, f from, you know, away from, you know, that setting and more on the setting where it can last for longer. And we can also encourage some back and forth with a larger group of people that I know is also thinking about some of the same questions and, and wonders why we have the inequality uh, and the, the lack of justice and the lack of resources and benefits for everyone. You know, we're tired of doing what has been status quo and has not worked above doing things that we have seen work in so many other places um, if there's willpower. And I think that's the, the conversations that we're going to work to have uh, here on the show. Um, so we hope that, you know, everyone will continue or start to, you know, join us on THC, which is those hard conversations uh, and, you know, they'll tell a friend and we'll build a village uh, and have, you know, robust conversation, uh, educate, 
uh, inform, uh, have a good time, uh, and do it with, you know, two guys that uh, I think are, you know, dedicated to trying to figure out solutions, not just for ourselves, but also for uh, our larger, you know, Philadelphia community to start, but uh, moving forward, be a chain in the link is what we want to do. Yes. And I, and I, I also want to say that uh, we're not, we don't only want to have those conversations, but whenever possible, provide information as to who you can contact or where you can go or how you can make a difference or, you know, if it's if it's something as simple as needing a phone number as to where you can get further information or even the links to some of the conversations that we will have and the issue with money or I mean the issue with information or the issue with housing or whatever the case may be. But when we talk about these things, we will also provide link uh, links so that you can go and, and and look it up and do some research and see what it is that's actually happening, what's being done. Um, what's being done in other states. I mean, it's so weird how sometimes we'll see an article about one state doing all these amazing things, for instance, for homeless people. And then you got a state right next door that seems to be in the opposite direction and and doesn't want to provide any type of, of service and feels that they are terrorists and that they don't belong in our communities. And so it's kind of interesting that we live in 50 states and sometimes it feels like 50 countries because of the difference in the disparities and the different responses to the same exact problems. Because some of the conversations we're going to have are not just unique to us in, in Philadelphia. They're happening all over this country and all over the world, frankly. But the responses are so dramatically different. And it's, and it's important for people to be able to see those responses and the impacts that they're having because the naysayers are plenty. The people that say this isn't possible, this is going to fail are plenty. But the people who have the passion and the drive and the the heart to want to make a difference are greater. The people united will never be defeated. That's right. You know, I wrote something a long time ago and it's funny because last night watching a movie an old Chinese movie, the guy said, and I'm like, that's interesting that we had the same thought process. You take a blade of grass and you can snap it in half. It's pretty sturdy, and you could, but you can snap it in half. You take those same blades of grass and multiples and you, and you weave them together, and it's almost impossible to break. You can carry stuff. You can carry water. You can pull people up. You can create structures, but when, when they're together, individually, eh. You know, they serve a purpose of a blade of grass, but together when they're united, they bring a lot of strength and power. And that's what we hope to do. We hope to be the blades of grass that blend with you or braid in with you and create something stronger and powerful that so that even if it's not us doing it, but maybe you will get inspired and you will get motivated to make a difference in, in, in your area, in your community or wherever you're at, whether it's in Kensington or whether it's in California. We hope to be able to, you know, inspire people as well to be able to be part of the movement. So we are, you know, we are more alike than we are different. Um, I think it's shameful when folks try to separate and divide us. 
instead of working to unify and amplify us. Um, I hope that, you know, the connections that we already have, you know, throughout the city and the country, and in some cases, the world, we can share with you um, and we can build a community. Um, for many years, I, and I will always, you know, uh, remind folks that, you know, I did an organization called GeoClan and GeoClan was uh, building a world family. Geo meant world, clan meant family. Um, and, you know, we, you know, did a lot of work in the community, including like an online magazine. And I think in similar vein, uh, THC, those hard conversations. Um, and when we get our social media account up, you know, we're going to make sure that you guys hashtag us uh, with all that good you know, commentary about what the show is about uh, and what we're doing. But no, we want to have, you know, this podcast uh, be a regular source of uh, community building uh, and a place for folks to get stuff off of their chest, their frustrations, but also their joys and successes. Um, yeah, very excited to be on this platform uh, with a brother from another, uh, Elvis, <laughs> um, you know, someone I consider uh, a alike in many ways, uh, very passionate. Um, much better cook than me, uh, for sure. Um, but I'm more good looking. Um, no, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> no, we expect to have a lot of fun and a lot of information shared uh, on uh, those hard conversations, aka THC. Uh, and and why? Know, because we need to have those conversations, those hard conversations, because they make too much sense. They make too much sense. Yep. Yep. So this is Clayton. This is Elvis. And we're going to see you guys next time for a more in-depth version of THC, those hard conversations. Everyone, please stay safe, be well, and we're going to talk to you next time. THC, those hard conversations. Peace. Peace. Thanks for listening to THC. Follow us on Facebook at Those Hard Conversations. Or visit our website at thosehardconversations.com.